Welcome to episode 38 of the Horror Dads podcast. I am one half of the Horror Dads, Jamie, and I'm joined by my co-host, who's now one year older, John. What's What's, up, buddy? What's up, man? Happy Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to me, I guess. Um, I thought that was going to be like our our surprise, like M. Night Shyamalan twist ending here, but you started it with that, so. Yeah, no, fuck it. (laughs) Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm I'm an old guy now. Yeah. High cholesterol and I heard that you're the one with high cholesterol. <laughs> yeah. I went to the doctor on your birthday. So oh, happy God. birthday to me. Yeah. Um, all is good, all is clear, except for the lipids are a little bit high. So you can't eat uh, potato chips. Those lipids. And you know me, I'm a potato chip like. Yeah. There's only one guy I know that likes potato <clears throat> potato chips more than me. That's our friend Willie. <laughs> yeah. Who ironically is a doctor who should know <laughs> the potato chips are horrible for you. Exactly. So Willie, let's cut those out together, buddy. So one thing that is great about potato chips is you can eat them at the pool. And we are here today to talk about our favorite horror pool parties. Yeah, pool parties. Sometimes they're just scenes yeah. when you have to stretch a little bit. So we're going to we're going to volley back and forth. We're going to talk about our favorite um, uh, horror films that have pool party uh, mm-hmm. scenes or pool scenes in them. Uh, we are at the uh the front door of summer. Uh, it's the end of May. I know my community pool um, opens uh, Friday of this week, and my kids are super pumped about it. And that's a place we spend a lot of time. Um, and we're just looking for a, a cool, fun, topical theme that's going to be a splash. Yeah, us as uh, humans, as a society in North America, are hopping on our raft and floating into summer here uh we got memorial day we have like 14 uh shitty uh <laughs> we're gonna use them all fuck yeah. it <laughs> yeah you know us with the swimming pool puns they're coming yep but yeah it is memorial day, uh, day weekend so we're gonna have uh, this episode is gonna be releasing just in time for that so as you travel to hang out with friends and family uh, travel safely but get some horror dads in your ear and watch some horror movies um but and eat all the potato chips that I can't. Yeah, and have a chip for Jamie. This one's dip on one him. in peanut butter, <laughs> and then egg yolk. Um, so as is typical, um, you know, if you're new new to the show, uh, welcome. If you're if you're not new, welcome back. Thank you for being with us. Um, but our our typical format is we will either do an interview with someone, or you get just Jamie and I, and we'll do um, a topical theme, sort of like the one we're going to cover today. Uh, so you have just Jamie and I today, no interview, and this is going to be a super, super fun one, but we have some just general intro stuff we're going to cover before we get to, um, the, the films. So let's talk our intro stuff, man. Yeah. What do you want to get to first? Family antic? Uh, yeah, yeah sure. You want to start with that? Sure. All right. So we, um, uh, all lost a family member. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my sweet boy Gizmo, my kitty cat. Yeah. Named after the one and only Gizmo, uh, the Gremlin. In case you're listening, going like, "Fuck's a Gizmo." Um, so we had to bury him. He's the first be- pet burial that we've had. I know you have a goddamn proverbial. Well, I pet have cemetery. the actual pet cemetery in my backyard. <laughs> you but. really do. It's actually creepy when you think about it. Uh, but this was the first pet buried in our backyard, or at least that we know of and that we buried. I actually thought to myself as I was because there's really surprisingly like few spots to bury. The animals in my yard, unless yeah. you just want to go in the middle of the yard, which is just fucking weird. You yeah, know? and it's always like in your mind, not to be t- too grotesque or make light of this, but 
you want it to be a good scene, right? And you're like, oh, I'll put them under the tree, but you can't do that because then you're literally digging into a root. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's tough to find the right spot for some something that you love. So it came across my mind, like, what if I'm digging a hole to bury my cat and I dig up like another pet? Oh shit! I mean, that's some just like a cat femur. Also, the odds of from the '60s. The odds of that are like <laughs> not not that horribly good. low. Uh, but we did. We actually did bury him under a tree. I have like this little weeping tree, like right on my property line that I buried him in. But oh. The thought is, as I was doing this, I was thinking like I could never, I could never murder someone for various reasons, but I could never do that like middle of the night, like bury a body because I was burying this like fucking, this hole for an 11 inch cat and I was like sweating and like grunting and coughing and choking. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I have mad respect for Principal Wilkins from uh, Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. And they're burying dead horse. Wilkins. (laughs) What are you doing out there, Wilkins? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a dead whore. Yeah, you, you got to have mad respect for him uh, for his digging capabilities. But Oh, my God. And there's just hole after hole back there. He's also a, a pretty pure form of monster. But, um, yeah, that's a that's a sad story. Uh, rest in peace, Giz. This one's for you, buddy. Um, so we'll, we'll, He loved swimming. Yeah, and I think some of your picks are going to be on the little somber, more intense side where mine are sort of fun. So that's going to follow suit here, I guess, on the family. Well, intake. you know what happened is you think that you, sometimes you and I come up with these topics and we're like, because we watch like one movie and over and over again, we're like, oh, there's so many movies with pool parties that we love. There's so many movies that take place in the suburbs when your neighbor is this <laughs> overweight, affable guy and uh, <laughs> these. <laughs> and the Clopacks live next door. And the Clopacks live next movies. door, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so you sent me your list with your five and they happen to be all the fun ones, I think. So yeah, I was like, well, and you're right. Mine are pretty, pretty depressing. When you sit on the bench too long. Sometimes someone runs off the plate and hits a home run before you can bat. Yep. Well, I'm sorry. And I come in and I bunt. All right. Well, my family antics a fun one. I actually, uh, the other, this was like Friday of last week. Um, my, my neighbor's. Uh, bought a projector and they uh, they have kids that are like my kids age and um, my wife was out to dinner for her birthday and they were like hey why don't you come on over with the kids we'll grill out we'll uh, throw the projector on we'll watch a movie outside so the value I have as a parent and as a dad on the street is is pretty limited when it comes to like the traditional stuff like most people want a dad that's like hell yeah this oh my dad can like really build tree houses or like yeah, he could build fences or he can, he can take out a driveway or he can coach a baseball team. Um, my, my skills are limited to like, uh, playing music and understanding, uh, technology and just being good at marketing and kids don't give a shit about any of that. So I had, (laughs) I had my moment to shine though. They're like, okay, we, we don't know how to set up the projector. No one will ever figure this out except John. So they're like, John, get your equipment. And I'm like, run home i get my rucksack i like stuff my computer in there i get hdmi cable big sheet clamps for the sheet i was like well hang it from the gutter blah blah, blah. i got this fucking game fit, game plan in place and then uh we we hang it up and i like port my computer over. i can't say the movie that popped up because it's one of my picks but a horror movie like pops up um and all like the like there are parents sitting around and kids and i'm like god damn it now I look like a creep and like these parents are already side eyeing me cause I'm dressed in all black in the middle of summer with tattoos and yeah, but it ended up working out. We got a good laugh out of it. So that's my, my family. And was antic. it like a gory scene or 
No, it just was like it it actually I'm I'm overstating um the drama of it, but <laughs> Well, that's what you do. It's fine. Yeah, that's just yeah. my thing. Yep. Uh so what have you what have you been watching? <clears throat> so I finally watched this movie. It's been going around Instagram, all the people that we follow have been watching, and it's called The Pit from nineteen eighty one. Uh, this movie I is. I fell in the pit. What's this? Song? I fell in the pit. <laughs> the fuck is that song? You remember in Parks and Recreation? Oh. Chris Pratt's character. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Um. Anyways, 1981, totally fucked up movie. Um, about a totally fucked up kid with a pretty awesome name. Um. What is it? His name is Jamie. Oh gosh. But unfortunately, <laughs> he's fucking awful. Um, mm. it's, <clears throat> so th- it's funny because it's one of those movies where like, you think it's one thing, but really it's another, like he has this talking bear, uh, that's really just his voice. Talking. Oh, that's the cover. Yeah. I know yeah. you're talking about. So now. you, you look at the cover and you're like, Oh, this bear is just going to convince him to do fucked up evil shit, which in, uh, one turn that is what happens. But also on top of that fucked upness, he finds a pit in the middle of the woods uh, that has these goddamn little troll logs in it. Like five of these little, like, trolls? Troll they, logs? He calls them troll logs, yeah. There's some sort of, like, ancient fucking thing from the time of the dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> but they need, he discovers that they like to eat uh, meat. So he's like, he starts, like, buying meat from the store. Oh, all right. Throwing that down. That gets a little pricey. Uh, so he tries to push a cow into the pit. A, a live one? Yeah, the cow's not cooperating. I, w- I wonder why. <laughs> uh, so then the bright idea, I'll feed my enemies to the Trollogs, comes to mind. Oh, like the shed. Yeah, exa- yeah. dude, exactly. It's, it's the same type of thing. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like if somebody wrongs him, hey, take a walk in the woods. I think there's a bag of jewels. Hermione does this to Professor Umbridge with Grop in book <laughs> yeah. five of Harry Potter. <laughs> um. All right, so anyways, that's the premise of this movie. It's, it's really fun. I mean, 81 is a great time. A, a great One of the best years of uh, our buddies over at Nostalgia Junk Podcast actually just did a uh, episode. An episode on 1981. Yeah. And we've got, uh, I think, a couple films today that we're going to hit that take place in that year. It's hard not, honestly, it's hard to do a category of horror and not hit a movie from 81 because it's just one of the best years of horror, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Cool. And then actually one more thing. I, uh, you and I always try to hit the seasonal stuff and I always start off with kind of the obscure picks of those franchises. Oh, so just because I know I'm going to hit the main ones heavy. Uh, so I started with like, this is a great time of year for not only Friday the 13th, but Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, so I went with, I did a little bit of both and hit Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, a movie that uh, isn't too near and dear to our hearts, but, uh, you know, it's fun nonetheless. So we I just was listening to our buddies over in another podcast we love, uh, Alone in the Dark, and they did a a really fun episode you guys should check out. It's called Doing Lines with Freddy, and they they pick prominent lines from each of the Friday the Third or um, Nightmare on Elm Street films uh, from Freddy Krueger. Doing lines. And I was shocked because I know in the past they've kind of like they share a similar sentiment to, to us on how we approach that movie. Uh, and they were like, yeah, still don't love it, but, uh, but we watched it. So I was, uh, excited to hear that it made it into the, into the film. But, um, that, did you enjoy it? This, this watch through? 
That's fine. Yeah, like, that's how I feel every time. I'd it's rather like, have it than not. <clears throat> exactly. I don't feel like I'm ever going to watch it and be like, I don't think a light bulb's ever going to turn on where I'm like, oh, this is fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, it's still very flawed, but. Yep. Oh, cool. Good. So I've been watching, um, you know, the seasonal stuff. And, and oddly enough, a lot of my picks have kind of like opened some some doors to me digging into a lot of the stuff but um I've, I've been doing my annual mecca through the scream uh television show um this is just the time of year that that i typically watch through it and i i typically watch through it once per once per year yeah um, you and i i think it's always like a summer yeah right? yeah no, like you didn't watch it when it came out i did not no i watched it as like the first season at least i watched it as it was re- released and i think it came out like in may or late april so i always associate it with this time yeah i remember watching through it um, you know, a handful of summers ago, I think it started in 2015. So probably 17 or 18, I watched the first season. Like when uh, it hit Netflix, I think. Yeah. And I, I don't even think I made it all the way through because the first season's like, it's fine. Uh, the writing gets really good in the second season, I'll say. Um, and Agreed. again, I'd rather have a show about Scream than not. So it's worth a check out if For you guys sure. haven't seen it. And that first time I watched through it, the first season, I remember just like bitching the entire time. Every episode, <laughs> yeah. like, this sucks. Fuck this. Yeah. And then that, that first like watch through, the, like rewatch that I did, I was like, hmm, do I love this? Yeah. It's one you of know? those things where yeah. it's like, oh, I can't eat this entire plate. It's like, then before you know it, you're like shoveling. You're like, what the hell happened? Yeah. yeah. Or like your mom made tacos when you wanted hamburgers. So you're like, you're gr- yeah, you're gr- grumpy about it. Yeah. <laughs> you have animosity. Right. <laughs> But when she's not looking, you're like smiling and yeah. shoveling more beef in your mouth. Not you, though, Mr. Cholesterol. Yeah, I'm just thinking <laughs> about crunchy beef tacos that I'll never have again. Enjoy your turkey. Mm. Um, so I've been doing that, but uh, Rear Window, this time of year for sure. I, I haven't started with the Burbs yet. I probably will this weekend, um, um, Memorial Day weekend. I think on Saturday we're going to probably hang out with the kids and stuff. Um, my family, Jamie's family, so we'll probably have that on Saturday. Um, but I've been hitting rear window. Just watch that without exaggeration. I probably press play on that movie like 50 times a year. Um, and maybe watch it, you know, two or three in actual completion, but sure. Just such great background to have on. And it's good to have on around the kids too. Cause it's not too like, there's not like sex going on and people getting stabbed in the neck with a knife and blood squirting into your neighbor's face. So yeah. Yeah, movies like that get a lot of play from us because we can have it on. And I love putting movies on. Like, my wife will be like, you're doing yard work. Why are you putting a movie on the TV? I'm like, it's so that when I come in and get a drink of water, I can fucking watch. Sarah Michelle Gellar, get fucking hooked. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And then I started the Friday uh, series, too. So one through four um, with the Camp Counselor episode. We did a couple episodes back. That floodgate is just wide the fuck open for me now. Nice. What was that cool? I'm surprised you didn't pick a Camp Counselor from that cool camp show that you love. Oh. CW uh, that Steve Miner had a hand in. Yeah. um, Dead of Summer. Oh, shit. We have to go back and re-record the episode. I don't love that show, but. uh, You bought it, right? I, I did a blind purchase on Amazon. It was one of those where, like, I saw Steve Miner's name and I bought it. Yeah. Well, and the cover is very misleading. It's like, I think it's like a leg hanging out of, a, a, like, a tire swing in front of a lake. Yeah. So it's like, well, I need, and it's called Dead of Summer, and then you read it, and it's like, throwback to the 80s. You're like, oh, my, dude, I was all in. Get my checkbook out. Yeah. I'll I, donate. I actually had, like, a TiVo or DVR thing set up for it. I think you were pumped when it, you, I told you I bought it because you were like, oh, sweet, now he can. Yeah, no, no, you can do it. Yeah, because uh, I think once I got to the second episode, 
And what's funny is I tried to get my wife to watch it because I was like, oh, it's CW. It's a horror show. Like, you're going to love it. It's not too scary. And we got to the end of the first episode, and I think she was like, I'm, I'm out on this. Like, this, Yeah, so CW or teenagers are not, I'm out. This is shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I started with the second episode, and then uh, I think I deleted it from my DVR. Like, I don't want this taking up fucking space. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. This is going to be one of those where when you edit, you're going to be like, I had to take that whole thing about Dead of Summer, and we talked about it for 20 minutes, and we hate it. All right. What have you been buying? Anything? Okay, so I bought a movie that I'm, I'm not going to bring up right now. Um, I, it's one of the ones I'm going to mention later. So for the you pool bought party. Blu-ray? Yes. And it was blind buy, right? Blind. Well, no, I had seen the movie. Okay. But um, it was like eight bucks. Oh, Why wow. not? Speaking of that, I do not own Jaws on Blu-ray, which is just so weird. Because it's always streaming, so it's just like, you know. Yeah. But it's like, if you look on Amazon, it's like five ninety nine. For the, like the basic Blu-ray version, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't yeah. even know. Are there any deluxe like blue? That the that 4K one package? I think came out last okay. year, and that has the blue a Blu-ray, the 4K. I think that's the pretty loaded version gotcha. right now. Um, I think isn't that what our buddy Adrian was saying? Got him into 4K, was buying that. It must have been, yeah. yeah. And so I just found this. I was gonna buy the original for five ninety nine, and then I saw that they have a. I guess last year they came out with a all three. Oh, a three Blu-ray set, yeah, for yeah. like thirteen bucks. So I, I, I picked that up. The second one I really like, and the third one's fine too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the second great. one is the one with Dennis Quaid, right? Yeah, the third one I think is the one that. Uh, or is that the one with Dennis Quaid? No, I think the third one's the one that takes place at uh, Sea World. Sea World, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, I've been buying. Well, my birthday was you know yesterday, um, so I always defer from making purchases this time of year because my wife always yells at me like don't buy yourself shit around this time what if i buy that for you and then i'm like and then i get like a golf polo and i was like well i wasn't gonna <laughs> yeah we, we weren't gonna duplicate on that i buy horror stuff so uh, but i did buy our buddy our good friend matt pepler uh, who's an amazing graphic graphic artist uh, he's got a great store um he released a new uh travel poster print for the fog so I snagged that on, um, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, and it, it looks amazing. So let's wrap what we're wearing right now, and then we can do a couple final housekeeping things and then get into, get into the pool, man. Yeah. So what are you wearing? Dive on in. I don't know. Um, so, don't know. yeah, I'm wearing my Jeff Bezos uh, Jaws t-shirt. <laughs> Every time Jamie and I buy something from Amazon, we call it the Jeff Bezos special because we are very big about... <laughs> giving notoriety to the artists that do the work, but uh, sometimes we don't have that. Yeah, I actually, the thing is, is I don't really like wearing shirts that aren't from... Artists, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my son picked this one out. I think, he, you know, my wife just found it online and he picked it out. Yeah. One of those, so it's like I always wear it with that sentimental value. But it, what I love about it is it's kind of, uh, it's a play on the original cover, and it's like real neon, like the... Yeah, the colors and the words are all like neon, so it's it's like real eighties looking. It's very eighties looking. That's a sweet shirt, and I love it. And also, it's white. I I do not. Don't wear a lot of white. Maybe one. Maybe yeah. this. <laughs> this might be the only one. Yeah. Um, what do you got on? 
So I have my OG. This is like the first like piece of horror apparel I think I ever bought. Is that the first one? This was the first Cavity Colors purchase I ever made. It's the Let's Get Spooky t-shirt. And it's always just fit like perfectly. So it's this like skeleton hand-drawn. It's it's uh, agnostic to any specific film, but it's this like skeleton uh, pumpkin dude. Uh, it's totally faded. There are holes all over this thing right now, but... It just fits me perfectly. I was um, doing a workout earlier. I had it on, and um, I just I love I love the way it clings to my skin. So it's staying on. Dude, I love that shirt. I have the variant uh, that's like purple yeah. instead of the orange. Yeah, you um, do. And it's one of my favorite shirts. But also, it's funny that you say that. How it, it's not relevant to any like necessarily or uh, movie or franchise. Because that was my favorite. If you're a listener and you go way back with Cavity Colors, you probably agree, I would think, that the heyday of Cavity Colors and the prime time Cavity Color day or time or night or month was when he was doing, um, you know, non-movie, just like his horror drawings and doodles. Yeah, and and a lot of it was just general illustration. Um, I mean, everything he does is so amazing. Uh, still to this day and we we follow it and we we buy like crazy but yeah that's really like that that's what got us hooked onto this whole like the subculture of not only you know watching horror and and surrounding yourself with it but like the idea of merchandise and like making it more of a lifestyle um he is responsible for that for us uh 100 uh aaron over at cavity colors so um, check out his stuff and I'll, uh, maybe post a, a picture of this rag I'm wearing because <laughs> it's, it's pretty beat it, up. It is pretty beat up, but you gotta love it. So we have a, a few quick shout outs we want to make before we jump to our pool movies. But, um, uh, over on our Patreon, uh, we've got a $5 tier and a $10 tier. Um, so please, uh, you know, consider joining our Patreon. Uh, we do watch through episodes. We do horror moms episodes where we bring our wives on. Um, and, uh, at the $10 tier, um, the $10 patrons are working through a cycle of doing a watch through episode with us, which is crazy fun. Cause we get to spend, you know, a couple hours talking to our, our, our patrons, our, our new friends. Um, in our most recent one, we had our buddy Adrian Chilpa on. Oh, God damn. Was that fun too? Yeah. And she- we let them, we let you pick the movie. Uh, so he picked night of the creeps, which was great. Is just an amazing pick because he knows we love it. Uh, and it was a great, great time to just, you know, hang out with someone that we just met essentially. Um, and then chat fucking horror. It, yeah. We chatted the movie, but we chatted horror as well. Just, and then we hung out for a half hour afterwards and just talked and just super nice guy. Um, he's been with us since the beginning. Um, so Adrian, we love you, man. Thank you for doing that with us. And if you'd like to do it with us as well, um, consider joining our Patreon. Uh, for extra content and an opportunity to do a watch-through episode with us. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, real quick, is Zach Lovitz is another uh, dude that we have had a lot of contact with that we met through the podcast. He actually lives in our hometown. Um, and he is this, like, fantastic artist who does this very unique um art style of bone art so he like reclaims bones basically like out in the woods yeah he goes out in the woods and like finds animal carcasses and collects the bones and then makes badass pieces of art out of them yeah it's amazing Uh, so you can find him on instagram at burial right but i had the opportunity actually i i texted him um my wife and youngest daughter and i were gonna 
run to our favorite brewery, uh, downtown Youngstown, uh, a couple weeks ago, and he met us out there. Um, and we talked to her for a little while. He got to interact with my, my youngest daughter, uh, got to meet my wife. And he brought Jamie and I a present, which is pretty amazing, called a raccoon baculum, which is a raccoon dick, uh, a bone. <laughs> Um, but I guess it's a good luck charm. Uh, so he brought one for me, one for Jamie, which is really cool. So I've got mine um, sitting on the table over here, and we we just appreciate it, man. So thanks for your listenership and for being our friend and for hanging out, man. I uh, keep mine in my pocket. My wife's always like, "Is that your raccoon vacuum, or are you just happy to see me?" <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll go to bed now. <laughs> so we'll we'll part with. Uh, Follow us on social media at Horror Dads, basically everywhere. Consider leaving us a review if you have the time or um, I consider it. He means leave a five star review. God damn it. (laughs) Um, And consider our Patreon. But I think we're ready, man. I'm ready to swim on in, John. Let's buoy our way over. All right, let's get at it. You want me to just change right here? Should I go behind the wall? All right, so we are going to head to our pool parties. So, if you're like Jamie and I, you have two kids, you've got a stupid cart in your garage for this specific purpose, you're going to cram that cart filled with 12 White Claws, your wife's going to move them out of the cart, you're going to put them back, you're going to get snacks, you're going to put on your finest bathing suit, you're going to check yourself in the mirror one time, grab your shades, Get the floaties for the kids, get the towels, get the sunscreen. <sighs> slather yourself if you're like me. Slather your yourself. Wife. Better get slathered up in that yeah, Jamie's, Jamie's awfully pale at times. Um, but we're going to immerse ourselves in the sounds of summer, the kids yelling, screaming, asking for popsicles, um, you partying with your friends, cracking open a couple beers, and we're going to head to the horror pool parties. So, James. Why don't you go first, man? All right, so I'm just going to go in the order of uh, the way I have shit written down here, and we're going to start morbid and depressing as shit. Okay, perfect. Uh, with the pool party that turns fucking brutal uh, from the movie Sinister. New details today in the grisly murders of a local family found earlier this week. I didn't want to move here. We couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore. Plus, the new story I'm writing is here. Is the story a good one this time? I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read. I got a really good feeling about this. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Family hanging out. Barbecue 79. That's the family who lived here. You think these are serial murders? I don't know. First one I found dates back to the 60s. The only link between all these cases is the symbol. The symbol is associated with a pagan deity named Bagul. He consumes the souls of human children. All right, so this movie's from 2012. The Pool Party in Question is uh, one of the snuff films. I think it might be the first snuff film, right? I, th- I think so. That our character Ellison, played by Ethan Hawke, finds in the attic. 
Uh, it's one of the Super 8 tapes. It's from, yeah, because they go in chronological order. And the first one was from 1966. Um, it shows a group, like a family. It looks like it's probably a family reunion or just a family get-together. They're eating, like, fruit and vegetables and stuff. The kids are sitting around the table. Uh, we cut to all those same people and kids tied to, like, lounge chairs. Uh, yeah, God. It uh, gets, like, duct taped. goes down And then fast. subsequently dragged into the pool where they drown. And they're taped to the furniture as they lose their lives. All right. Some pool party, Jamie. An amazing pool party turned fucking morbid as shit. I mean, Um, yeah, it's scary for a million reasons, but sorry, go ahead. We didn't say that this was uh, pool parties that we necessarily want to be at. (laughs) Yeah. And and let's be fair. That probably was one that you did want to be at before these little shits showed up and and then we get to see, this is actually the first scene where you get to see, I think the first scene where you get to see Bagul? Bagul? However yeah, the fuck Bagul. you say his name. Bagul. Um, he's in the pool. It, like You see him in the pool at the very end of the snuff film, and Ethan Hawke like, spills his whiskey. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's your first sighting of uh, the monster. So, I, yeah, dude, this movie's scary as hell um, for a zillion reasons. But um, and I think it just last year was rated... Rated the scariest film of all time, and I think they did some sort of test with, like, strapping people to a heart monitor to make that determination. Oh, one of those. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a podcast that does that, actually. We measured the armpit sweat of each attendee. <laughs> but, yeah, there's some metric that they used to measure and identify this as um, the scariest film of all time. But, yeah, dude, th- in that specific scene, I-, I definitely feel like there's some sort of, um, you know, safety you feel about that time of life right the 60s and so just something pure about home movies in general too like you feel a sense of safety and comfort and nostalgia and all these positive feelings these positive vibes and to your point like yeah i want to be there with my family i want to eat watermelon and be hot outside and uh, not swim for 15 minutes after i eat all this all these grapes and uncle uncle frank uh let me take a sip of his mike's hard lemonade when i was eight like oh that was the coolest day yeah. ever jumping off the diving board right Uncle uh, Jamie got hammered and tripped into the pool. And <laughs> Daddy had to pull him out. Um, but yeah, I I just I feel like this scene is it just really goes downhill fast. But also, you know what? I just had a thought. I never really thought about this before. I never I never put it together. But this scene is essentially the antithesis of uh, Clark Griswold in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation because it basically that, is. Yeah, there's that lovely scene where he's in the attic and he's freezing and he ties like the. He has like a babushka around his, around his head, <laughs> and he's watching the family videos, like tearing up. Um, so this is not that. This is the opposite of that. How do you All feel right, about man. this movie on the whole, though? Oh, I mean, it's fucking amazing. And, and like you said, it's one of those movies where uh, very rarely do movies come out recently, like in the past decade or two. Where you're like, oh, no, that's an instant classic. But this yeah. one, I feel like it, across all like horror channels, everyone kind of like as a unit, was like, yeah, no, this is legit. This is the real deal. We watched this together in Chicago when we lived there, right? We did, and it was very unassuming. We had no idea it was going to yeah, be... I mean, what it even was. though the name of it is Sinister, like, yeah, I feel like so many things come out nowadays where you're like, eh, sure. Yeah. I do remember the cover of this film being pretty like, ooh, shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's got the girl walking, uh, dragging along the wall. Yeah, this is one of those movies we paid money for when we didn't have that much money. Yeah, yeah, cool. That was a great pick, man. Um, so now that we're nice and depressed, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the 
I'm going to bring the temperature up. Okay. Yeah, crank it. Get it above 70. Um, we're going to head to 2007 uh, to a film that both Jamie and I loved together called Disturbia. Okay, we're all set to go nowhere. I am sentencing you to three months house arrest, Mr. Brecht. Green means you're good, you're in the safe zone. Red light flashes, you got 10 seconds to get back to green or else. Ronnie, I got something to show you. This is reality without the TV. Who is she? I don't know. Oh, God. No. Oh, God. Damn it, John. Great choice. So this film, directed by DJ Caruso, starring Shia LaBeouf, Sarah Romer, David Morse, who, by the way, is scary as shit in this movie. Um, So good. That guy's great. He he is great, and he's got quite a presence about him. And for he does this movie's PG thirteen, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not it's not super like it's more suspense than anything. But it's just like body acting, like his like his actual like physical presence, like even the way he cuts his grass, it's like oof. Oh, I know. I mean, if that guy played Jason Voorhees, I'd be fucking terrified. Yeah. So if you've not seen this this film, though, I'll give a quick description of it. It's about a teen living under house arrest. Um, who becomes convinced that his neighbor's a serial killer. So it's it's the rear window concept um, that's been done and redone and redone um, in a, a, a new iteration in 2007 with uh, some young kids that got a lot of mojo and sexual tension and a million other things going on. So it's, it's a pretty fun one. But um, in general, like this movie is summer, I, I think. Like this, I, I firmly equate this movie with the summertime. Um, and, and Cal, our main character, spends this summer just gazing out at all of his neighbors all around 360 with a pair of binoculars. He knows everyone's, um, everyone's life, everything that they're doing until one day, the neighbor right next door, whose property was vacant, now becomes occupied and he gets new neighbors. And his new neighbor just happens to be a very beautiful uh, girl. And he spends a lot of time gazing at her in her pool with his binoculars like a creep. With him he, and re- his, he really does. His, his buddy Ronnie, right? Uh, and uh, Ronnie played by, I believe his name's Aaron Yu. Um, and we, we both love that too. Love this guy. Uh, in the Friday 13th remake. Perennial uh, high boom. school. Perennial high school actor who's like older than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, he's a vampire. He does not age. Um, oh, man. Shoot the boot. Yeah. Shoot the boot. <laughs> so the story evolves, though, and he starts to get this relationship with this neighbor, and the neighbor's parents aren't crazy about her hanging out with him because he's this <laughs> convicted felon under house arrest. Um, and uh, they have a little bit of a falling out, and she's basically like, fuck you. I'm going to have a party tonight at my pool, right? Uh, so the pool itself is great. It's one of those long, like Olympic style looking ones. Um, and she's and got the this lighting is great. Yeah, the lighting's yeah. great. She's got this deck. Uh, it's literally like the perfect location to have an actual party. Um, and she uh, has all these like high school douchers over. Uh, so it came out in 2007, right? So it, it, really, probably... it really is that party that like you want to be at, but you don't. Like kids wearing beanies down to their eyes in the summertime. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, so, there was certainly a Jinko gene in there. Oh, one million percent, <laughs> dude. 
but it's it's a lot of fun, uh, and it looks like a great party to attend. But Cal's response to her having this pool party is hilarious because he he goes, he grabs his father's speakers, his analog speakers. He runs speaker wire. He puts them on the roof of the house. He aims them toward the pool party, and he plays Minnie Ripperton's "Loving You." And Minnie Ripperton's song starts to play and go, and uh, it's beautiful but everyone's looking and it's like they're it's like a hawk is in their ear they're like plugging their ears and then the neighbor runs over his love interest and this is where they share their first kiss as they're arguing and it's just a a... are you gonna hit the real high false no (laughs) um but yeah this is this movie's neighborhood it's suburbs it's uh summer and most of all, it's a pool party, man. Oh, so we love this movie so much, and we can never uh, not throw it into a list. And one thing too, um, not to belabor this, but the pool actually acts as a device to advance the plot, um, because not only is he creeping on everyone all movie, but later in the film, like he has to jump from the roof of his house into that pool uh, to like trigger his house arrest thing. So like it actually has a it has a function. So yeah. Got deep on it. Great pool, great pool party. Uh, Love it. All right, man. Where are we heading next? All right, so we're going to go back to 1975. Oh, hang um, on. I got my one piece on. Can you can you get some suntan lotion on my back, please? Thanks. That spot right there. There you go. Perfect. All right. Let me go rinse the hair off my hands. <laughs> Um, All right, so, (laughs) anyways, 1975, the movie is Shivers. If you think you're not afraid of the dark, (coughs) if you think you have a strong stomach, (coughs) if you feel nothing can shock you, (coughs) if you say you don't scare easily, (coughs) if you believe you've seen everything, (coughs) then prepare yourself for... Motion picture that takes you beyond fear, beyond your wildest nightmares, and brings you face. All right, so this is a pool party. This is a pool orgy. Okay, and no pool party is complete without the uh, orgy. Sure. Um, so if you're not familiar with this movie, this is David Cronenberg's first movie. Uh, he wrote and directed it, and it is pretty fucking freaky. I would say that it's kind of the. Like Fred Decker, when he made Night of the Creeps, he had to be thinking like, okay, I want the slugs that David Cronenberg used in Shivers. Because they're almost the same type of like creature. So it's um, a creature feature. Yeah, it's these parasites that infect uh, the residents of a high-rise apartment building, like state-of-the-art complex on like its own sustained little like island sort of thing. You yeah. know, it's got its own laundromat. It's like the whole first two minutes like credit sequence of the movie is essentially like a commercial for the apartment building, so it's pretty it's cool. It's like a pitch to why you want to live there. Exactly, yeah. yep. Um, so the pool party in question is uh, when our doctor, like the apartment doctor, it's got its own little med center, Dr. St. Luke, um, is kind of going through the residence or complaining about some ailments. Uh, he goes into one of the <clears throat> apartments and something very... Fucked up happens. And now he knows like he's in the throes of something really wrong. Uh, this pool party happens right towards the end. He's like coming out of the apartment complex and he just wants out of here. But he has to go through the pool area 
where there's two women standing in there staring at him naked. Uh, just like, and he knows something is like, this is not right. Yeah. So he's like, just trying desperately to get out. Like I need to get out. Uh, so he runs out of the pool complex, which he's just so relieved that there's an exit. Uh, but as he runs up over the hill, he's met by some, um, orgy goers. Yeah. And they don't mean him very well. Uh, so he runs back into the pool area where he's pushed in and forced into this like sexual orgy type thing. Uh, because what I didn't mention is that this parasite causes you to be like hyper fucking sexual. And the way that you pass the parasite is through sexual activity, essentially. So it's like society meets it follows. Yeah, dude, the the orgy scene is essentially, it's very much like that. Uh, It's very society-ish because everyone's just kind of like piling on top of each other to get to them. And uh, it's, oh God, it's like wet and fucking disgusting. Uh, There's been some people that said uh, very much like it follows. Actually, uh, that people speculated this that this movie was about STDs. Oh, interesting. And how they passed. And what's funny is like in the 70s, you know, this came out 75, the uh, STDs really weren't that huge yet. Uh, but they said it actually is more so about the consequences of the sexual res- revolution, um, oh. which kind of, you know, led to the STD outbreak. So yeah. it's a pretty heavy movie. Cronenberg um, doesn't do anything light. And it is, if you haven't seen it, dude, it's fucking way worth checking out. I don't think you've ever seen it. I've not, no. um, And this was your blind, your your purchase, right? This is the one I bought for eight bucks, yeah. And I I recommend anybody go buy it. Fuck, I mean, for eight bucks. I think it's on HBO right now or so. Is it? It's it's somewhere. I just saw the the cover is like a guy that looks like he's in shock, right? Right, like with the hair. Yeah, yeah. it's on something right now. I, I just can't remember what. But yeah, and I, I know you you love the 70s uh, motif and everything, so yeah. 100% check that out. I definitely have to check that out, and I'll report back to you. All right, so the pool orgy is complete. I don't think we have another one. <laughs> no, no more pool orgies. So I'm also going to 1981. We mentioned the class of 81. Uh, to the Prowler. It was 1945. The night of the graduation dance. The war overseas had just ended. The terror at home Boy. was about to begin. Roy? Come on. Come on, kid. Don't play hard to get. What about New Year's Eve? That was different. I couldn't help myself. The Prowler. If he wants you, he'll get you. What's the pool party in this movie? It's This is a stretch one. There's not an actual party. It's more of a pool scene. I mm. This is the only stretch I think I actually okay. have. I have one coming up later, so. All right. So... This movie is directed by Joseph Zito, starring Vicky Dawson, Christopher Goutman, uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Tierney. Um, Vicky Dawson, by the way, may as well be named like Jamie Steele. Because that is Amy Steele's sister. It's not, but like, <laughs> yeah, no, it I know is. what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kramy Skrill. <laughs> okay. I'd like this part. Uh-huh. Um, but. 
this movie is about an unknown killer clad in like World War II army fatigue who uh, stalks a small New Jersey town that's uh, getting ready basically to relive a 35-year-old double murder um, by focusing on a group of college kids holding an annual graduation dance. Um, so this movie definitely has a, a, a certain vibe and pulse to it. So it, it, it feels uh, like a little bit like April Fool's Day-esque. It's shot in a similar way, a little bit like uh, um, The Mutilator. Uh, it's shot, it's sh- uh, shot in a similar way. Yeah. So you've got this cluster of, you know, college kids that you're following around. And, and truly the reason I, I picked this film is because I love the setting and the scene and the atmosphere so much in this. Um, cause I love all those other films I just mentioned. Um, and it, it, it really like, it does such a good job of like a small town that's heavily focused on, um, the university that has, a slasher, you know, killer, uh, swinging around in a fucking World War II outfit, often people. Mm. Um, and I, and I definitely feel like the, the guy in the wheelchair, um, just like his, his character. Um, and I feel like the college campus thing, like I, Halloween H2O, for example, I feel like that wouldn't exist without having movies like this. Um, but the scene we're here to talk about, um, one of the the friends who's uh, more on the promiscuous side is uh, getting ready to go diving into a pool uh, after she's been partying all night. She's by herself. Uh, she gets to she goes into the pool. Uh, she jumps in. She's swimming, and the shot the camera shot's pretty cool as she like descends down into the water. The camera like buoys down underneath with her, and as she comes up, the camera comes up. Um, and that's sort of like a filming technique and theme used throughout the entire scene. But uh, after her initial dive in, she she comes to uh, get out, come up the ladder. And as she does, the World War II clad a-hole is waiting for her and kicks her in the face. She goes back in. Bobbing a-hole. Up. <laughs> he is an a-hole. <laughs> you d-hole. Uh, she's bobbing up and down. The camera's bobbing up and down. The scene's pretty tense and intense. And then finally, um, she gets killed and it's one of the uh you know you're there for a slasher so you you sort of rank the kills in your own head but it's it's one of the better kills in the movie um but uh i feel like if a party were to happen here with that group it would be a lot of fun that one dude who's like thrown up getting hammered uh he would you know he would slip and fall in someone would have to save him um but uh you wouldn't wear a bathing suit to this pool party oh no no, you would Skinny wear dipping? or your underwear. This is that kind of pool party. So it'd be, you know, when you're in college, it'd be fun. Get down to your skivvies. Yeah. Go down to your skivvies. So I think, uh, I think it'd be a fun one. Uh, bathing suits, not required. Underwear. Optional. Required. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, but yeah, that's my second pick, man. Keep it contained. <laughs> All right. Great pick. We're going to go to uh, something a little more somber. Oh, God. We're going to go to a pool party from one of my all-time favorite shows, Stranger Things Season 1. This is Hawkins. I don't know the worst thing that's ever happened here in the four years I've been working here. 
It was when an owl attacked Eleanor Gillespie's head because it thought that her hair was a nest. out of 100 times, kid goes missing. The kid is with a parent or a relative. What about the other time? What? You said 99 out of 100. What about the other time? The one! I don't know if this is somber, <clears throat> but uh, which pool party? So it turns somber. Uh, we're going to go to the pool party from Season 1, Episode 2. The title of the episode is The Weirdo on Maple Street. Uh, this is the party where... Steve talks uh, Nancy into coming to a pool party uh, attended by just Tommy, Carol, and Steve. Um, and Nancy, of course, has to bring uh, the third wheel along, our friend Barb, who is not very pleased to be there. And she's kind of, can I say, cock-blocking Steve? Yeah, and this is where we lose Barb. It is where we lose Barb. That's where the somberness came in. Um, but, dude, this party, like, you get there. Uh, we have the musical stylings of modern English. Melt With You is pumping on the fucking radio. Uh, Steve brings out the... I think it's just called beer. <laughs> they're <laughs> shotgunning. And, um, oh, yeah, they are shotgunning. Yeah. Oh, and that's what leads... Barb gets cut. Yes. She's shotgunning the beer. Yep. Uh, yeah. She's never done it. She's not very good at making the hole in the bottom of the beer like you need to. Um, like, I could have done it like a goddamn pro, Barb. I could have done that for you. Nancy tries to help. She's too strong-headed. Cuts her thumb, goes in the water, uh, which leads to uh, her demise. But the party is like, you know, it leads to Nancy losing her virginity. Um, it's it's a huge moment for the show, and it, it it's a huge moment for, like, Nancy's life. And I think we've all been there where we're trying to fit in with a new crowd uh, but we don't want to leave our friends behind, you know, the the friends that we grew up with or that got us to where we are. Sure. Um, you always get to that moment where, like, the friend, Barb in this case, doesn't really like the new friends. She hates Tommy and Carol. I mean, doesn't. Tommy is shit. He's the worst. Carol's even worse. Um, Tommy's face looks like a Halloween mask. It's funny, too, because the first time, I'm sure you, like most people, when you first watch the show, you're like, oh, this Steve is a fucking prick. But now he's like, now it's literally like I have a Steve tattoo on my arm. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think this is a very defining uh, episode because it's early on in the season and it, it really quickly demonstrates that no main character is safe, right? Because Barb was an ancillary character, but she definitely was a, a, a motivator and an influencer. Uh, and, and I mean, if she hadn't died in that episode, she would have been a major character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And she had influence on a major, major character in the form of Nancy and Steve. Um, so, I, yeah, this is a great, great pick, man. And uh, the, the party scene's fun and it's critical to the show. But I, I, I guess we'd be remiss not to talk about the pool uh, in, what, season three? Oh, yeah, when Billy comes out as, as the lifeguard there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that pool, straight up. I have like a swim club that my family belongs to. It's the same, yeah. It is that it's that place. Like 100%. Um it also reminds me so much of the pool from Sandlot. D- dude, yes. It's so much like that. The one where like they 
the kid acts like he's uh, drowning, drowning so that he can make out with the girl. The which is totally what's the girl's up. name? I don't. I will never yeah. remember. Yeah, it is pretty fucked up. But uh, yeah, dude, great pick. Really great pick. Yeah. No, I, 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 you know how much I love that show, and um, I just love that. I love that scene. Like the, you know, the parents are away. Why don't you guys come over and swim in my pool? And it's yeah. like you can tell it's a nice summer night. The fucking crickets are chirping. Like I said, Melt With You is playing. It's fucking great, dude. Get me yeah. in that party. Cool. Good pick. Very good pick. Do you want me to head to my next one? Yeah, let's do it. This is probably the most obvious pick that we're going to have. And this is The Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Someone is coming back to Elm Street. He is not friendly. He is not patient. Kill for me! And he is not a welcome visitor. No! 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 But he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block. It started to happen again. This is a uh, 100%. I feel like anyone who loves horror and you say pool parties will be like, oh, part two? Yes, for sure, man. Uh, so this was directed by Jack Shoulder, starring Robert England, Mark Patton, Kim Myers. And this uh, specific iteration is about a teenage boy, uh, Jesse, who's haunted uh, in his dreams by Freddy, this nasty child murderer uh and he's out to possess him in order to continue his reign of terror in the world so he's kind of using jesse as his vehicle to be remembered um so this movie in general i know jamie and i have sort of pined on this and talked about our uh nostalgic appreciation for it so this is definitely for for me at least uh one of my favorite nightmare films um I don't, it might be, I don't know if it's my favorite one. The first three I love so much, um, and it would depend on the day on which I would pick which, but uh, this one definitely is really, really good, um, and I just have a very deep uh, nostalgic appreciation for it. But the, the, the setup, okay, in general, so we're going to talk about the pool party in depth, but prior to getting into that, they allude to a couple themes um, in the pool sort of acts as a device to accentuate the themes. So you've got Jesse who lives in this like pretty middle-class family. Um, and his dad is this like, you know, working class dude who, uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass, right? Yeah. yeah. You gotta yeah. love the dad though. Yeah. And honestly, like again, yeah, he's a dick. This, this movie is, is summer uh, for a million reasons. Oh my God. Like the broken air conditioning. I mean, it just like this movie is like, you're sweating as you're watching it for a million reasons. So he's from this middle-class family and the love interest, um, Kim Myers character. She, she is from a more affluent sort of environment. And like the first time he calls her, he's like on his cord phone in his cramped little kitchen and his house. That's a thousand degrees. And he calls, he calls, uh, calls her and she, um, is going for a dip in her pool and she comes out on this cordless phone and she's like a million miles from her house and she's still able to talk to him. So it's pretty cool how like they, they demonstrate that. And, and Jesse's character is like just kind of ostracized 
you know, socially with his own family, with his own community um, throughout the course of the film. So I think it's kind of cool how they, they, they prove that through, through that. And the pool has a part to do with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's in a, you know, he's a new student in a new school in a new town, new house. And so, you know, that's something a lot of uh, teens can relate to for sure. So moving forward though, um, a party begins to ensue at Kim Meyer's house and the party has a bunch of friends, all of whom are just ready to get going. They want to get the beers open. They want to do some cannonballs. They want to jump in the pool and then have their suit come off and then throw the suit over the fence. Like they're, they are ready to party. However, the father is there and he's grilling with this absurd chef's hat on. It's a million miles in the air. And he's basically saying like, Hey, no having fun. Uh, his kids are like splashing too loud and doing stuff. Um, yeah. He's got a ratatouille hat on. Yeah, honestly, a ratatouille hat. No business wearing those uh, hat like that, Dad. So, Lisa, um, Lisa's mom, uh, Mrs. Weber, she takes Mr. Weber up to the bedroom and uh, gets him out of there. And all the kids are waiting in anticipation, peeking up to the window, waiting for uh, the lights to go out to give them the cue, right, that they can start to have fun. Yeah, so, and you and I always talk about this. It's so stupid how it's like, oh, the lights are out. Let's fucking rage. Yeah, and it's honestly as, like, as, if it's like, as soon as the lights go out, they start <laughs> being louder. That it's like, so it's like, okay, now we can shoot guns in the air and no one will hear us. Yeah, like as if the lights were his consciousness. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that happens, and the lights go out. Uh, and uh, Lisa and her friends start getting wild, right? So they have this like killer party and I have an actual like fun story here actually Jamie so they pull out this like red wagon um and that red wagon is filled with beer and oh yeah do you remember at your wedding on this porch where we're sitting right now at my house uh, oh my god yes I do right here where I'm pointing yeah uh my dad said hey you're in charge of beer figure a way to deliver it so I went and got a red wagon just like in this movie and I put the beer in that wagon with ice. Uh, and this movie inspired me to do that. Uh, and that That's was amazing, man. Yeah. I have a picture of that somewhere. Yeah. I remember your dad wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. Like, yeah. Hey, have you seen the uh, beer wagon out there? <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, beer wagon comes out. Things are going great. Everyone got exactly what they wanted. Uh, you know, Lisa and Jesse are in the, the pool house on the side, uh, making out until... Jesse's tongue becomes purple and long and blasts out of him. Um, and then shit goes south. We, we get bad uh, because Freddie basically bursts out of the earth. The pool becomes hellfire and it's smoking um, sauna. Uh, everyone's running around. Freddie comes out. He wrecks absolutely everything. He's killing everybody. And this is like the first time in the franchise and in the series that he is is uh, out of the dream world and into the real world, and he's ruining everybody and everybody's time. Uh, and he's actually having conversations with people too. They're like trying to talk him off a ledge, like, "Hey, man, just just be cool, man." And uh, so more shit goes down, and then he kind of like disappears in flame through an archway um, through the shrubs. But yeah, man, this pool party is great. 
uh, up until um, the water turns to fire and he, and everyone starts getting killed. Jesus. All right, man. Where are we going next? All right, so we've already actually kind of mentioned this movie when we were talking about Shivers, but uh, we're going to go to It Follows. I used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy driving along some pretty road. It's never about going anywhere, really. It's having some sort of freedom, I guess. Okay. You awake? Uh, so this movie's from 2014. Uh, it's about a girl who has sex with a guy, and then, um, much like a STD, she gets a gift that won't go away. Gift that keeps on giving. Um, she starts getting haunted by uh, or followed, as they will say. Sure. Uh, followed by mysterious person. Uh, that changes throughout the movie. Uh, if you've seen the movie, I don't need to go on too long about this. But uh, the pool party that I'm going to discuss is like <clears throat> one of the very last scenes towards the very end there. She's in a pool a lot in this movie. Uh, pools are pretty prevalent in this movie as a whole, but I guess water as a whole because it's a great way to try and escape somebody who's chasing you. Um, but the pool party that I'm going to discuss is when they all come up with this plan to take her to like the local community pool. I don't know if it's a school pool or what it is, but uh, they get her in the middle. And that way, when the guy comes into the pool room, she can see, let everybody know. And they have weapons set up like hair dryers and fucking microwaves and TVs and this shit that they can try to electrocute the, uh, the baddie as he comes and gets in the water. Uh, But we are, Instead, graced by an amazing scene where we just see fucking appliances just shooting. Like, we see nobody throwing them. They're just flying at her, hitting her in the head. Yeah, uh, the plan nuts. went fucking way bad. It it's just did not go the way that they wanted it to go. Um, which leads to... Um, I can't remember the kid's name. Is it Paul? Uh, I can't the, remember. The nerdy friend. Um, anyways, he has a gun. And he's trying to shoot the bad guy, and he shoots one of the girls uh, in the foot or in the leg, and it's like, what are you doing, dude? Um, yeah. But this is where we, we also learn, like, this thing is indestructible. Yeah, I mean, it's Paul. He, he shoots it in the head. It doesn't matter. It keeps coming. It keeps swimming. It keeps going. Uh, but this is... It, also, it's one of those moments in the movie where, like, <sighs> these people have been through so much throughout this whole movie, and they're just like... There's no quit in them, you know? Like, they just, they keep working to save her, and... There is no quit. Even though they think, like, I, you know, deep down they think she's nuts, I think, until this scene. There's a part of them that kind of thinks, like, this can't be... Even though they've seen a lot of shit uh, leading up to this, like, I still think there's some doubt in their mind. But no more after this. Yeah, this is really the defining moment, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I feel there's also a pool in the beginning of this movie too, right? Isn't it well, there's the, that pool in her backyard, and yeah, it's like the, that above the movie opens, one. yeah, with her swimming in there, and the, the kids, like the creepy kids, peering through the bushes. Oh god, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that this is a cool pick. It's uh, it's a good pick. Um, do you think that would be a fun uh, uh party? Any way to make that? pool experience maybe a little more fun you know the thing is i feel like they were like having fun there 
like it was like a terrible moment, but it was like they had a plan. There's some moments where they're laughing and they're, you know, yeah. um, they have a plan. They think it's going to work. It fucking doesn't. But, you know, they tried. Uh, it was it was a great it, it was a, just another in a long list of failed plans that they tried. Just another of those. But I, I just love the camaraderie, man. Yeah, like they're sticking with her and they're there to the end and they're all there. They're all tired. They're all fucking worn out. They're all confused. Uh, but they're all there for her. and they they went through the you know like they had to gather up all these gadgets so these microwaves and shit and yeah and they they truly are a unit for sure so being able to crack into that and like being part of that group and you know, they they take care of you for life every time I watch that movie I love it more yeah I agree I totally agree cool good pick very good pick all right I'm going to another fun one here. So um, this is a, also a television show. So I'm going to the Scream TV show. Ooh. Music on. Tyler? You can't do a slasher movie as a TV series. Slasher movies burn bright and fast. <laughs> By the time the first body is found, it's only a matter of time before the bloodbath commences. Say so get a room, but I don't want the cleanup. You slept with Nina. No, um, wait. The episode I am going to talk about is episode 10 called uh, Revelations uh, from the first season. Um, so this was written by uh, Jamie Paglia, this specific episode. And this is actually the... Um, the season finale of the first season. I was going to say, isn't this like right after the school dance? Mm-hmm. Brooke has that party. Yeah. Yeah. in the school dance. So, um, so again, if you've not, if you've not seen this show, um, it does, you know, rely on similar themes as scream itself. Uh, so you have your character arch- archetypes that exist. So you've got the super attractive, uh, wealthy girl, whose family has a lot of money, uh, who's self-centered and conceited. Um, and then you have like the more, uh, grounded in reality, um, uh, sort of final girl sort of personality. And then you've got the, the Randy character. So you've got all these, these characters or iterations of characters from the original scream and from basically every other horror film that you've ever seen. Right. Um, so this pool party though, takes, takes place at the house of the really, uber wealthy uber rich um uh, self-centered girl brooke who's going through some you know character redefinement and she's learned a lot about herself and she's learning and trying to be better poor brooke it never ends for her it honestly doesn't but this specific party happens on a day where it's like basically like homecoming or prom um but it's a halloween themed party i was gonna say it's halloween isn't it I, I think it is, but it's like their sock hop or whatever the hell, yeah. you know, some like annual dance that they do, but it's, it's definitely Halloween. So the dance happens and then they, they all go back to the, uh, the, um, to Brooke's house. And when they get to Brooke's house and Brooke actually sits the dance out, um, because she's in a fight with uh, this really uber douche character named <laughs> Jake, who ends up coming to the party and 
the most cringeworthy moment in the entire series is when he gets there and he was like, uh, oh, the party didn't start without Jake. Jake is the party. Can I get an amen? And like you're watching the show and you're like, oh, there might be 10 people at this party. And then he turns around and faces the pool and there are like 35 people in there. And everyone's like, amen. Hell yeah. It's like so douchey. It's quite cringeworthy. I hate that guy. Yeah. But uh, Brooke gets her revenge against Jake and she like grabs his kid. She calls board shorts. And she starts kissing him. Um, but they're, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty. She dumb. tempts him with a bottle of wine from like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there is a scene that occurs in the, like the pool uh, house on the side, which actually is pretty reminiscent of, um, of nightmare two, in my opinion, uh, where, you know, where, where Jesse and Lisa are, are doing their thing. Um, there's a little pool house that kind of gives me similar vibes. Uh, so I feel like there's a throwback there. And then the interior of Brooks house too, is very reminiscent to me of, of, you know, like Casey's Casey's house, uh, from the original scream and the pool area is like really high tech and cool looking. There are tons of cushy outdoor seatings and, and fire pits and stuff. So like of a place to actually have a pool party, this would probably be the best location. Um, and the most fun. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it, man. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's a great pick. Great fucking show. I mean, I don't care what you say. I guess the show too starts with the first episode, like the first scene. I, I actually thought you were going to go with that one because you always talk about that scene, but it's not really a party. It's just her by herself. So yeah, this it's this like establishing scene where they basically it's the the Casey hanging from the tree, like cold open sort of exactly just like, yeah, I felt like that was the, Oh, you think this is just a CW show? Cause it, it, it was on MTV, but I remember my big complaint was like, Oh, this looks like a CW fucking show, you yeah, know, gonna pretty be little great. liars yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was my concern. And then that opening scene kind of like, Oh, fuck. It's not far off from something like that, but yeah, I mean, it still is. <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. But yeah, buddy. So what's your, you're on to your last one, right? right? So taking my final lap, <laughs> doing the breaststroke. All right. So this is my stretch. My raft is out of air. This is going to be the pool scene. Not necessarily a party, unless you want to call it a murder party. Um, it's from strangers pray at night. This place seems empty. I think everybody leaves after Labor Day. This is nice, right? There's someone else staying here? Is Tamara home? I think you have the wrong trailer. I thought we were all alone. What the hell? Oh, the sequel. Yeah, so this is the sequel. It's from 2018. Uh, it's about a family on a road trip. They stop at like this secluded mobile home park uh, to stay, I think, with some family. Uh, just like for the night on the way to where they're going. And they get there and shit's just gone awry, you know? Um. 
nobody's really there. There's something going on. There's something strange. It's quiet. <clears throat> yeah. So eerie. We end up uh, seeing our three strangers again. We got the doll face pinup girl and then the man in the mask. I wish he had a cooler name <laughs> other than man in mask. Yeah. I mean, I guess the ambiguity is what's scary about it, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Uh, but so these, this family realizes real quick that they're in uh, some deep shit. And one of the scenes here, we have uh, the son. His name is Luke. Uh, so he's like, he runs into the little general store outside of the pool. He runs into Pimp Girl. And he heads out to the pool area where, dude, this pool area, once he flips the lights on, it's all like, it is like you just stepped into 1984. There's all these, uh, like, neon palm trees that are like lights, essentially. Yeah. That are all lit up. Um, the, the song that comes on, you remember what song it is? Uh, Total no. Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Oh, God. So that, that fucking fires up. And now you're in this scene now. Once that song gets going, it's like you are in there, you know? So it does this big, like, wide pan of the pool area. And there's like just like all this negative space. You see him, and then out of the back, you see fucking pinup girl coming. But she's not just like sauntering in; she's fucking sprinting, dude. And he like picks up a that's golf terrifying. club, fucking like, oh man, that's one of those like I get chills thinking about it. It's so fucking like high speed and scary, and it's just like it comes at you kind of out of nowhere because like you're lulled in by the fucking tones of Bonnie Tyler, you know. Like, oh, good, I'm in a safe space. And then, no, you're not. Uh, so he, he does what any man would do, and he stabs the shit out of uh, out of pinup girl, as you should. Because typically, like, characters in these movies that we watch and we love, we're always like, why don't you, like, you hit him once. Kill the fucker. You know? Yep. Like, oh, I think he's unconscious. I'm going to get up and leave real slowly. Uh, but no, he doesn't do that. He just continues to stab until he thinks she's dead. But little does he know, Man in Mask is still lurking around, um, which leads to this just fucking badass scene in the pool, dude. Uh, they start fighting. They start fighting and fall into the pool uh, where, like, the camera action is just, like, so good. You're coming in and out of the pool, and they're fighting and wrestling. Uh, the kid gets up at one point where Man in Mask just fucking stabs the shit out of him in the back and... That's the end of him, and it's the end of that. But, dude, that scene is... It's one of the best scenes in horror, I think. And I uh, honestly, I think if you look it up, you would see that a lot of people agree it's one of the best scenes, uh, in, especially in recent memory. Um, that's yeah, for a movie, and that's dude, like pretty... It's, it's The movie's fine. You know, it's, it's pretty not, mediocre at best, yeah. Yeah. But that scene is very, very memorable and very prominent, for sure. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, I remember telling uh, our buddy David Slobodnik, who was on several episodes ago and who we get our tattoos from now um, and who we wear uh, many articles of clothing from. But he, when he was on the show, we were talking about how much he loved strangers. It was actually one of the movies that he picked and he had never seen the sequel. And uh, I remember you and I telling him like, it's worth checking out. You know, it's not great, but there's a pool scene. And I remember him coming back to us and he was like, yeah, I watched Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, it's a very okay movie, but that pool scene was fucking badass. Yeah, for And I sure. think that's what most people say about this movie is like, eh, it was fine, but god damn, that pool that scene. That pool scene yeah. gets you each time. Yeah, cool. Good pick, man. Very good pick. I think the most memorable scene other than that for me was, um, I think when the mom and the daughter are trying to, I think they're like in the kitchen trying to escape uh, up through that like, 
safety emergency hatch, which is basically like the roof. Of oh the, yeah, to get on the, the bathroom. Yeah. yeah, I just remember that scene being really tense. Yeah, th- this movie has some good parts to it. Um, and if you if you like camping, uh, yeah, because it's not it's not a campsite, but any mobile home park kind of gives you that vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's like a KOA. Yeah, dude, it really is kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Jellystone. Jellystone Park. (laughs) Good good pick. Very good pick. All right, let's head to our last one. All right, man. We're going to end on a high note, a fun one. We're going to be really raging at this pool party. You ready? I am. We're going not too far back to 2004 to a little movie called Club Dread. They're catching a buzz. Well, you came here to escape civilization, and we're going to hold you to it. In this tropical paradise... Large Bronkhorst, I'm the new masseur. We swapped out a six-foot Swedish broad for this guy. I'm one. Everyone's got to stick together. Whoa, 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 code red. Bogey, bogey. Oh, dude, check out that. <laughs> What's up? Oh, man. Yep. This is a movie I feel like gets forgotten in the horror circles. For sure. And I'm surprised we've gotten this far in this podcast and not talked about it. Because I don't think we've mentioned it. Or at least covered it in this capacity. <sighs> yeah, I don't see how that's possible. I think it's uh, reality, unfortunately. But this movie was uh, directed by Jay Chandrasekhar, I believe is how you pr- pronounce the last name. Um, who is Putman, right? Who plays Putman, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's starring him. Uh, and Bill Paxton, rest in peace. Oh, Jesus God, Christ. I love you, Coconut Pete. Oh, Coconut Pete, um, and just the whole the whole Broken Lizard, you know, crew. Everyone from Super Troopers and uh, what, what's the other one? Beer Fest. Yeah, that Jamie I love. <laughs> How could you forget? Uh, exactly. But so I think this is to Jamie's point underserved in the horror community. So I'll give a quick synopsis for those that might have not have seen it. But it's about a serial killer who interrupts the fun at a uh, swanky Coconut Pete. Uh, it's called. Uh, Coconut Pete's Beach Resort, which is this really remote island. You can only get there by boat. It's similar vibe to like, uh, I still know what you did last summer. Dude, it is. I still know. Yeah. It is. Them coming off the boat. Uh, yeah. They had to have like, this came out after I still know, right? Because I feel uh, like they. Yeah. Because like, I feel like that. I feel like that Jack Black character. They totally just fucking ripped off. Completely. And, and like, I feel like they just like, they were like, all right, let's do a spoof of I still know. Yeah. It had to be. Yep. Um, but, but when times are good, not the middle of like an Antarctic <laughs> hurricane or whatever right. the fuck that was. But this serial killer interrupts this like, uh, really fun getaway where these like swink Island paradise swingers basically yeah. are, uh, are trying to party and have fun, but it's up to the club staff to, to kind of keep them in the dark. They're basically hiding the fact from them that there's a serial killer and trying to keep the party going per Coconut Pete's uh, desires, but uh, things are getting real around them, and they really don't even notice. I love this movie so much. Little piles to add. But um, first and foremost, we just need to talk about Bill Paxton for a second, because he is incredible in this movie. Um, he's hilarious, and they, they recorded an entire soundtrack with him. Uh, I'm going to play a little snippet right here. Uh, here we go. 
the sun sleeps late and pours himself a shot of tequila. It's a little place called Pleasure Island. That's where I'd like to feel ya. It's easy to find. Just be on the so that is fucking, that's Bill Paxton singing right there. Um, which, he's, a, he's incredible. Which is, I mean, it sounds like him talking, but it's not no, far I mean, off from yeah. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy Buffett, by the way, they screened, the Broken Lizard team screened this film for him. And he was so amused by it that he asked for their permission to say, hey, can I play these songs live on tour? Oh my God, really? Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. And, and they were like all in on that. Uh, obviously. I mean, how could you not be? Because I, I think the fear as a filmmaker would be like, oh, Jimmy F- Buffett's going to think we're making fun of him. Because they, like, they go after Jimmy him Jimmy Buffett's going to sue the yeah. shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> when he's like, son of a son of a bitch, mother motherfucker, <laughs> or whatever he says. <laughs> um, so, Bill Paxton's great in this, but it takes place on this really, you know, desert island location. And it's really very, like, pool-centric uh, the entire time. Like, the establishing shot in the beginning of the movie after they come out of the woods, it's all happening uh, in the pool. There are the two, like, world's biggest douches uh, making comments about every female that walks by. Uh, but all of that takes place in the pool scene. The two virgins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they, he like goes to hug him. He's like, dude, I'm not gay. It's like those like <laughs> standard, like awful, awful people. Um, and uh, there are some pretty cool scenes, uh, you know, later too, where they're like trying to create strategy and coconut Pete's like sitting in the pool and they're talking to him or he might be in the hot tub. Uh, but my favorite scene that's pool related is toward the end of the movie where there's this little guy who's like, the annoying kid in class who has a comment about everything, right? In the entire movie, he's like ragging on people and poking and poking and poking, and he's just like pretty annoying. Um, and Amy Aerobics, uh, who's one of the, the the woman from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, she she goes swimming and she's scared and aware of the fact that there's a killer, but there are people in the pool. But as she dives into the pool, she goes underwater, something happens, everybody leaves before she comes up, and she's alone in the pool. And she's like, oh shit, there's a killer around, I gotta get out. Um, And then that little weasel douche that I was just referencing shows up. So does the killer. The killer offs the little weasel kid. Um, Amy Robix gets away, but that that scene, you know, for, for... this movie being 75% comedy, it does have a couple scenes that are like, oh, that's kind of freaky and like well shot and a little spooky. Uh, this certainly was one of them. Uh, but get me to this pool. I would probably, uh, I would probably hate being there with all those people at this point in my life. However, uh, for the observation and fun of this episode, get me there, Club Dread. Well, they go, <clears throat> they go out of their way to make these people as like, unlikable as possible some of them you know yeah uh but dude it, I, I remember the first time i saw this movie it was just like one of those movies where you're i went into it with very low expectations because like oh super sure. troopers amazing this can't be that good and like trying to do horror what are you trying to do here uh but i was blown away by it, like how like scary it actually was not, not that it's like terrifying but there's moments like you said that are like oof 
You get chills. They're filmmakers and they're storytellers and they, exactly. yeah, and they can do it. So it just was cool to see them play their hand at, you know, this genre. So. Yeah. In the end, when the, when they do the thing where like the killer just won't die. Yeah. Yeah. They really play that out. The Jason Voorhees type character where like, he just won't die. Little bastard just won't die. He's back again. So Jamie, our raft is out of air. Our snacks are gone. We're out of beer. We're yeah. The kids are crying. They're cranky. We got to get them home. The pool party's over, man. Garbage is full. Garbage is full. So what's next on the docket for us, buddy? So next Episode we have an wise. interview with, uh, this badass dude named Matteo. What's his last name? Matteo uh, Baldessari, I yeah. believe, is his last I name. I always let you pronounce the uh, the tricky names for me. Uh, because I will just fumble over my words and trip and fall on my face. So, well done. But yeah, the this dude is an amazing um, graphic designer. Yeah, so he... he uh, Traditionally, you know, in, in talking to him, we had a preliminary call. Filmmaker. With him. I yeah. think filmmaker is like his main. He started as a filmmaker and he's like, Yeah, I just started doing graphic design like three years ago. And he's this award winning graphic designer now. Yeah, he's no, amazing. This fucking guy. It's like, Yeah, no, I just became a shoe cobbler two years ago. Like, check out my amazing <laughs> shoe collection. And he, and he, he shot this short film on his iPhone uh, down in Mexico uh, during the pandemic, I, I believe with his sister. And it, it's one, I, I believe it's won a few awards and it's in a new film festival too. I just saw he released, um, and it's, it's really cool. It's only like three and a half minutes, but we're, we're going to cover, um, feature length films that were inspired by short films. Yeah. Which um, is a great fucking topic. Yeah. And he came up with it and we're, we're so revved to talk to him and he's amazing. So, um, you know, what was great about him is he's one of those guests where like, we were like, yeah, so do you have any themes in mind? He's like, uh, well, I mean, not really, but yes. And he like had two, two amazing, amazing themes. And six films picked And already. films picked. Yeah. And you and I were both like, oh, my God. Yeah. We'll do whatever you want, man. Yeah. And so he's great. Check out his stuff. Um, really looking forward to talking with him. Uh, but, yeah, that's what's next on the docket. And then, uh, as always, we have some fun Patreon content coming up. So... Keep an eye out. Keep your eyes peeled. If you're not a Patreon member and you want to be one, I think John already mentioned, go and check out our Instagram and check out our fucking brand new website. Yeah, uh, horrordads.com. We've got merch on there um, and there's more merch to come. But uh, if you want a tea to cover your skin for the summer months, uh, bake a little hotter and some black t-shirt, go snag a tea. We'll get it shipped out to you. Horrordads.com. We love you guys. Be safe, have an amazing fucking Memorial Day weekend, and we will talk to you guys soon.